You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. I'm just back from Vegas, and I'm, I'm a little out of the loop on this show, so I'm going to turn it over to Dan. Well, first to, of all, uh, Noam, I want to yeah. say that uh, I listen. I almost never do this, but I listened to uh, an old episode, not an old episode, but two weeks ago with you and Joe Cashnow. I thought it was a great episode, and you did a very nice job. Joe Cashnow is... Joe Cashnow is the guy from Iraq that, that oh, lost oh, the leg. Oh, Joe, yeah, Joe Cashnow. Yeah, that was a pretty good episode. I thought so. I also had to give myself a compliment because I insisted on having him as a guest. But then you weren't there. Unfortunately not. No, I was in Aruba, I guess. You, act, you really thought I did a nice job? I did think you did a very Thank nice job. Yes, yeah, indeed. You know, that's and true. I And I thought that it was a... Very interesting topic. Have a guy like Joe on, uh, who, who, you know, he's, he was an amputee in Iraq. And we, we anyway, have lot, we have a lot of guests. We should introduce him. We so I say, have, Natterman is very stingy with a compliment. So go ahead. Well, otherwise it means nothing. If I, if I give it away freely, uh, we have a jam-packed show. I mean, what a show we have today. Uh, we have, first of all, Vegas. Well, first of all, let me introduce the guest. Introduce the guest. <laughs> we have Emily Blatnik. Emmy, but yes. I'm sorry, but your name on your birth record is Emily, I think. Yes, yes, but to you it's Emmy. My so. bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> to you Emmy Blodnick, she's a head writer of the President Show on Comedy Central. Or I don't know if she's a head writer, but uh, I, I she's, she's up there. <laughs> she makes it, as my mother would say, she's doing very nicely. That's the cartoon show about Trump? Yeah, no, it's not the cartoon one. It's um, it's a uh, uh, Anthony and Tamanik plays him. It's an impersonation. Oh, I know that show. I haven't seen it, but I. Uh, oh, he, it's he, good. He's, you he's should a, watch a, it. I, I'm so busy, but he's. A, is it on Fox News? No. <laughs> Otherwise, I would watch it. He's a terrific impersonator. Trump. Yeah, he's so, so good. So go ahead. Uh, Michael Mittermeier. Hi. From hello. München, Bavaria. I will watch it. I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, you have to say Germany. A lot of people out there won't know Bavaria is in Germany. So it's Germany, Bavaria. Bavaria, Bavaria is, is a, in re- a region of Germany as yeah. well as a donut, Eric cream. And he is a comedian. Now, you don't often associate Germany and stand-up comedy. We will delve into that. Uh, uh, make no mistake. Uh, we will leave no stone unturned. He's, uh, you're famous in Germany. I know that. You don't like to say it because the Germans are a reserve people. But I'm told you're famous in Germany. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Okay. I can tell by his air about him that he that he, that he has a certain <laughs> confidence that he is famous But before in we get to that... <laughs> it's like... Bef- go ahead. Before we get to that, I'm sorry. Um, Las Vegas. It was. This was uh, the opening weekend, uh, April 5th, 2018, a date that will live in comedy history, the opening of Comedy Cellar Vegas, and shows went all through the weekend, and... I don't. I, I can speak for myself. I'm dying to know how it went. I'm sure our listeners are dying to know what happened. We've been talking about it for weeks. No, I turn it over to you because you were there. Well, can we? Maybe can we talk about it again next week? Like, can we talk about? It? Can, we, can we skip it this week? Until next week? We theoretically we could. I mean, it's right, not I'll illegal to do no, so. No, I'm sure you heard. The shows were great. I heard that. But there are there are growing pains, as it were, which uh, will resolve themselves. I think over the next week and we'll make uh next we'll make my my answers a lot more interesting next week i have to reserve certain comments now uh well is there any comments you can make that would give us a little something a little taste i know the listeners i can hear them out there Uh, in podcast and radio land we're in big trouble dan (laughs) (laughs) go ahead no i i I hear the People, people are curious, and they they want a little something that they can take home with them. We're we're, we're having we're we're having some headwinds um, on the. Uh, no, I don't want to talk about it now. Okay. I mean, uh, the shows were great, and attendance was great. The, well, shows and attendance. I mean, if the shows are great, and the attendance is great. Where are the headwinds? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, I'll leave that to you to, to to deduce what else could be the headwinds. But um, I think it's I think it's all going to work out. I think it's all going to work out. But I, I, okay, I will say this: the room is beautiful. It is like the nicest of all the Comedy Cellar stages. When you walk on the stage, it's so much like the Comedy Cellar. I think Emmy will, will, will have to... Emmy is going this weekend. I'll yeah. be there tomorrow, I think, yeah. I think it's kind of surreal because you, you don't think you're in a new room. Like, you know, as a performer, when you go to a stage you've never been on before, there's a little, like, butterflies. Yeah. You walk on that stage, it's like you think there's nothing new about it. It's as if you've been there a million times before. It's pretty cool. And um, the, the sound is... It's better than uh, like Gotham, but uh, <laughs> it's not quite where I want it to be. But it's definitely uh, well, that's ter- that's eminently fixable. Yeah, it's eminently fixable. And um, since Noam doesn't want to say too much, how about this? How's, uh, how's the Rio? How's the hotel? 
Uh, you can you can you can consult tra uh, Travelocity, or, I mean, a TripAdvisor. Well, let's let's for, uh, for, <laughs> very very uh, evasive. Let me just read. Uh. <laughs> no, the, the Rio's fine. They're very nice there. I mean, it's not it's not the uh, it's not a five star casino. It is it is what it is. I don't think they they pretend that they are. But Penn and Teller are there, and we're there, and is and it's clean, and the rooms are nice, and that's um, enough for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, it's, as far as how your stay will be, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll have a good time. Great. Jesus T says on Yelp. LOL, what a night. I don't believe this hard and I didn't, hmm, this doesn't even make sense. Maybe <laughs> Jesus is not a native English speaker. I don't believe this hard in five years. He probably went, I haven't laughed this hard in five years. Yeah. The show was incredible. Jessica Kirsten, Nathan McIntosh, Kyle Donegan, and Mo Amir in all caps had me rolling with laughter. What an incredible put together show by the comedy seller. That's Jesus T. Oh, and, 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 on, on Yelp. and Ray Romano showed up. Doesn't, oh, cool. Well, Jesus does not mention Ray Romano. Maybe no, not to that night, but, but he showed up. Well, on maybe he was there that night, but he doesn't care for Ray Romano's act. And Ray Romano was fantastic, got a standing ovation. I'll tell you, okay, I will say one thing. This is interesting, and then I really want to get to the guests. For a long time, I was always told, oh, Vegas audiences are different. Don't open in Vegas because it's a Vegas audience is different. And I was worried about that. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's totally untrue. I think what that is is another manifestation of the bad habit that comedians have of blaming audiences for when they don't have a good set. And I believe that what happens is the rooms in Vegas in general are so bad and the conditions are so not favorable to the comedians, they have a bad set or it's not quite the same and then they want to, and, and, and so they attribute it to difference in the Vegas crowd. But we had ten or you know eight, eight shows there this week, and every single crowd was great. And even Jessica Kirsten, she'll talk about when she comes on, who was like a hard-edged New York Jew. Like I even duck a little bit when she does like it. They loved her. People who probably never even seen a Jew, you know, they 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 just they loved her, and the laughs, <laughs> were loud. So I I thought that um there's that that you know the column of things I have to worry about. The the word the difference in the Vegas crowd I'm going to cross that right off There's, that's not an issue anyway that's I will well, say well that's that. good I mean yeah, and Noam was very very nervous um, anyway speaking of Jews we have with us a very special guest who's not Jewish I don't think although you never know um, Michael no, you know. Michael Mittermeier you you have no uh, Jewish ancestry or I as far as you know I don't think so as far as I as know as no I, okay. no uh, but Mike. <laughs> Because there were a lot of Jews that lived in Germany for a number of centuries, as you I know. I understand, now. I understand. Um, 23 and me, you know, you, you and Elizabeth Warren, you're certainly welcome to take a test. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Liz says she gave me... A, anyway. Not now. Sorry. Um, Michael Mittermeier is a, I, the, the leading comic in Germany. I don't know. Uh, are you the leading... Uh, one of the leading comics, not the leading one. He's also a friend, he told me off, uh, a can, off air, of Klaus Mein from the Scorpions, to give you an idea of the circles he travels in. I, I met him sometime, yeah, in shows. So it's kind of, uh, that's the thing, you know, you, you meet your rock stars, I meet our rock stars. It's close mind from Scorpions. You meet, I don't know. We know John Mayer. Yes. Yeah. Or John Bon Jovi. Oh, I, know, I know Bono. <laughs> Bono, no, I'm kidding. Um, I know Bono. He's <laughs> so, a friend of mine. Yeah, I don't know him at all. He's, he's been here. But you, I do know John Mayer. Now there's, I'm kidding. I don't so there seems to be this new thing now where comedians from country A that speak language A are coming to America and doing comedy in English. You see that with Gad Elmala has been doing it. A couple other French comedians have been doing it. Um, Carmen Lynch has gone to uh, uh, Spain and done comedy in Spanish. And you're, you're here this week doing comedy in English. How did it go for it? It went very well. People loved it. So it, I, like you say, I killed. I don't know. It's um, every... The first night, you know, the first night arriving here, coming from the plane, two hours later, I was on stage. That's weird, because the second language, then you, you're searching for the words. But if you're in, it's, uh, it's now always going better and better. Jessica Kirsten, by the way, just joined us. Jessica, do you know Michael Mittermeier? Yes, we met in Montreal Comedy Festival. Yes, hello. How yeah. are you? I'm fine, how are you? Are you, into, are you into politics? Uh, yes. So come on, let's talk. Let's well, talk. I want to talk about the talk comedy about, scene let's in talk Germany. About the elephant in the room, Dan. <laughs> What's, the What's the elephant in the room? <laughs> the German comedian, the, or is the, it Trump? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of course we'll get to the elephant in the room. If you're talking about, you're talking about. What did about, you call me? <laughs> 
Uh, are you talking about whether or not he can joke about certain historical aspects of... of, of no, no. Well, he can't, but, I, but that's not what well, I'm going to talk about. he said in Austria he could, he was telling me. It's fine with me that you do, but I mean, it would probably, you know... What, 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 you you say in Austria you can talk about Hitler. You can well, joke about Hitler in Austria. I can joke in, in Germany also about Hitler. Hitler is not the problem anymore. No, Hitler, you can joke about Hitler here too, as long as it's anti. Yeah, as long yeah. as it's anti. It's yeah, German, yeah. it's the same. It's yeah. kind of, if you're pro-Hitler, it's, it's hard for a comedian being pro... Okay, there are some circles. In the meantime, you can go on, and um, but like here in America, I think you have more neo-Nazis than we in Germany in numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, during the, the whole Charlottesville thing in America, when they were when the neo-Nazis were protesting, I began to look into how other because they didn't want to take down the Confederate statues, and I began to look at how other nations had treated their. Uh, their heroes on the on the bad side of history, and Germany is the only example I can find of a people who really have faced what happened head on, and have uh, and really rejected. Like for instance, in Japan, they have all kinds of monuments to to the uh, Hirohito murderers, you know, and and other examples I, I researched. But the Germanies are a, quite a unique people in that and, and to, to be admired and I, I wonder um, why do you think that is? What's different about Germany as opposed to Japan? Why, is Germany fa why does Germany face their past head on Japan won't? I don't know the Japanese so, but it, or, you know, or, what, the, or the Americans but, in the South, you know? You know, we, we, faced, we faced it but it, it, in, it was different faces you know, in the 50s people didn't want to talk about the war. We, we had to go all through but but in the 50s and the 60s, it was kind of um, people didn't want to speak about it. But it, they faced it. So it's kind of we were guilty, guilty, guilty. But um, and in, it, it started in end of the 60s when we had our left wing revolution, the 68 um, movement. Um, it started that the young people, the post-war generation, were saying like, hey, there are some Nazis still around. They're kind of this church or this guy in, sitting in the regional parliament. And so it's got really, we got rid of our last Nazis, I would say, really, and 60s then, and in the 70s. And when I came to school in the, in the 70s, um, it was a whole different tone in school than in the 60s or in the 50s. We were told it like every week, guilt, guilty, guilt, guilty. It's good that way. It was a bit too much for young children to take it. Like it's when, when, I, when I went to school or to university, they really told us, um, as a German, be humble, be like... Uh, Keep low profile if you go out of the country. They really told us that. It's it's okay, but it's kind of weird. You're a young adult, and it's kind of why. And you're you, not guilty. You're just um, you're born you're born innocent like everybody yeah. else. You know the thing is, if I, I fought some new Nazis on the streets, like we had skinheads in our in our in in our small small town, and kind of I didn't feel guilty because we just we would beat them up with our friends immigrant immigrants. So it's kind of, for me, it was always like, I, I didn't think about, am I guilty or not? No, I'm not. So, no. But I, I, I have to face, and it's good this way. You know, like the Austrians never did. Like, right. if, if the Austrians always said, we were the victims. So Germany never did. Germany did, said, yeah, we did this, and now we're going to... We, I don't know the word. We work it out. It's Make amends. Yeah, yeah. Recreational well, skinhead fighting. That's well, great. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I kind of have referred, and, and this is knowing nothing about it. I've referred to Germany. Germany is kind of a twelve-step program nation. But you know about when you have when you're like an alcoholic. There's a twelve-step program, and one of the things in that twelve steps is you have to apologize. And like the, the I feel like the German process of of, of getting rid of this is they're apologizing and I feel like that's part of the reason that they're taking in so many refugees is, is, is to show the world that we're, we're going to the pendulum swung all the way in the other direction I think you, you're kind of right that we, we, we feel a bit responsible that we, we, we have to really share our wealth, you know, Germany is doing very well economically right. and uh, would say in, in Europe it's it's the economic powerhouse power of Europe, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, and uh, it's also for my belief. I, my belief is also. I think Angela Merkel. I never liked her because I'm I'm kind of left wing, and I I I fought her. You know, in I did so many routines against Angela Merkel in my time as a stand-up comedian. But this one step, I think it was the first time she ever spoke from her heart. It's my really and. 
And this is the first step. She was um, like, I don't know, like you, like you know that in Germany there's a lot of this discussion going on and, and the right wings, they are using these words, yes, we can make it, uh, it's, wir schaffen das, what Angela Merkel said, yes, we can do it, even when we let in like a, a million immigrants. It's can, and we can do it, but we have to deal with it. You know, I'm not a dumb left-wing guy said, let everybody in, let everybody in. But my belief is also, let's help human beings, because the world is not just a one-way street, because the guys come from countries where we sell weapons to, so, and where we make money, a lot of money. You know, we are one of the most, uh, you would say, um, expert guys in, in the world. So, Germany? Uh, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that Germany exports a lot of weapons. Well, you I, know know that? That? Yeah. I didn't. I know the Glock fourth, is uh, Austrian, fourth, I think. Fourth biggest oh. arms dealer in the world, oh. Germany. Israel, fourth. Israel's above you? Um, no, I think not. Ah. Kind of, uh, <laughs> the, uh, we skipped Israel. What's that gun, the SIG? We the, keep it under the table, It's probably. a SIG, yeah. The SIG? S-E-G, yeah, sick. sick well, I say, and then we'll go get a positive. I actually don't agree with you, but I admire the... <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think that, I think that the, this is all going to blow up in the world's face. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal this week, I could send it to you, about um, Jews in Germany now. There's a lot of, anti, a lot of anti-Semitic incidents, and the, uh, it seems to be from immigrants. And Jews are considering fleeing now to Israel because of the end, which, which stands to reason. If you bring in a, a large population of people that feel a particular way, you, you, they don't drop their bigotry at the border. They, they, they bring it with them. And then in Cologne, it was a Cologne where they had uh, all those sexual attacks uh, on hey, New Year's was, Eve. You it know? Was, was a bad night on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, over a year ago. But it's yeah. not like it's happening, it's happening every week. Like, if you listen to Donald Trump, you think in Germany every week, there is a riot night, all the immigrants running around no, and no, arresting but women. But it's still and stunning. So. And then in, 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 in England now, London has surpassed New York in, in murders. And again, the hint, this was in the news, again, the hint is, is uh, this is not Londoners, you know. So, you know, who knows how it's going to turn out. I, I agree with you. I was, I was very, very sympathetic to the refugee problem for a long time. I think that, I think... I'm, I'm more sympathetic to the Syrian problem than the refugee problem. 450,000 dead Syrians, and I feel that the United States really just let it happen. I think you could take in, what, they're taking 10,000 refugees. That's nothing. We should have stopped all the, the bloodshed. But I'm just afraid that the, the, the idealistic mixture of peoples um, is not just going to work out famously like everybody crossing their fingers in hopes, and there's no one doing it. You know, so we'll see. The, the world is heading in that direction now. We're going to see what's happened. Emmy looks I'm like not say, I'm not saying that from a position of bigotry. I'm saying a position of just like practical, like, do these things work out or not? They don't work out in Canada. In Canada, they're always, the French are always talking about seceding from the, the English speaking, and they're all like, you know, plain white people there. In Yugoslavia, in, the, in, 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 in many, many countries in the world where they mix peoples, especially peoples who, who um, want to maintain their pride in their ethnic heritage. It just winds up in disaster, you know. I, I never said it's easy, but no. it's it's a way we have we have to, I think we have to deal with, and, yep. and especially we Germans. But um, I'm not like dumb um, uh, um, uh, guys who just say, yeah, no, uh, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be worse and worse and worse because they, they bring a lot of problems. Yes, but we have to face these problems because we didn't face them in other countries. That's the that's yeah. the bigger side of it. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I honestly, honestly do admire the German nation for for doing this and i hope it doesn't uh, turn out to be something they regret you know well, Emmy thanks looks for horrified. tuning into the comedy cellar eugenics podcast what do you think about eugenics it's a very funny discussion could be could you know, be a german talk show yeah uh, yeah you know they, they, they stopped uh they, they've all, some of the some of the nations now are proud of the fact they've eradicated down syndrome you know uh that's eugenics right no it's getting silent. Yep. <laughs> I just, I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, if, if, you, if you abort every fetus that has Down syndrome to the point where there's almost no Down syndrome babies anymore, uh, that's, you're on your way to eugenics. I mean, Down syndrome children are not like uh, dysfunction. I mean, they're, they're, they have a lower IQ, but other than that, you know, why can't, you know, we, we, we are, we're essentially, yes, the, the lower IQ is caused by the third chromosome, but there's probably people with regular chromosomes that have similar IQs. Maybe they should go too. Right? 
What's the, where's the line drawn? Anyway. I think everyone should be killed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Whether Jessica. you're smart or dumb, you That's should die as a teenager. Can we quickly as, as, a parent, as a parent? As a parent. <laughs> yeah, if you're dumb, you should be. <laughs> as, as a parent, if you told me that I could pick the kid that would of be. Course. Of course. I'd pick it. Me you know? too. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, do you feel, how do you feel about the American audience who sing you uh, on stage? You're German. Do you feel there's things you better not say? That, that you as a German have to be, a, you feel that you on stage have to be especially politically correct. Of course, political correctness applies to all of us, but being from Germany, have you sensed any like, ooh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have made that comment? I don't feel they expect something, they don't expect anything because I never saw a German comedian. It's, uh, it's not a joke. It's kind of because not many of, of my colleagues ever went out of the country. Mm -hmm. It's the language thing. And, and so, and, but, they're surprised that a young German, or not young, I'm not so young anymore, but that, that a German comedian can talk about Hitler, make a joke about like the Greeks and stuff, or what we did in the 40s. And, but they feel like I do it not in, in a bad way. I, my, my intention is kind of, hey, we, we can joke about it. It's kind of, I had a lot of, first time I did uh, comedy in English language was here in New York, 2003. I lived here for six months. I did hundreds of open mic nights. I had a lot of comedy fights with Jewish comedians. For me, it was great because for the first time we could really, on eye level, we could joke with each other. In Germany, oh, I, I couldn't do some jokes of that. By the so, way, Esti doesn't know you're, you're German, does she? She knows I'm German. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but Godfrey said, I'm funny, sure she so she said, okay, you can come in. Because <laughs> Essie does not like uh, any, uh, you know, any jokes about... Uh, uh, well, Essie doesn't the... like any, any jokes about the Third Reich, which no, most comics, it's, it's like a sub-genre in stand-up comedy. Almost every comic yeah. has some, uh, some Third Reich humor. Reich. Reich. Really about the, uh, the uh, Deutsch, you know, but... The, Emmy, do you have any third Reich, Reich, Reich humor? Uh, not really in the rotation right now, but when I started out, of <laughs> My course. My first joke I ever wrote was a third Reich joke. Well, and it was, it? Not oh, a yeah, good, you got to tell it. It was not a good one, but I'll, I'll, I, thought, okay. I thought it was so great. This is, what almost made, this is what made me say, I could be a comic too. Is when I talk about Mercedes, I said I bought a Mercedes, and the upholstery had numbers tattooed on it. Aye. <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> where's the? <laughs> I, 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 no, what, I'm saying they were using the skin of prisoners wait, to yeah. to upholster the seat. No, I'm because I don't know if Jessica understood. No, that. I do. It's very funny. I did. I don't know if it's funny I enough, but that was my first joke that I ever wrote. I never did it on I stage because oh, my because my friend's mom said, "Dude, no." <laughs> you got to run I, all I your jokes by Germany. I, I have another question. About well, what were you about to say? No, you had a comment about that. No, I, you know, in Germany, it's a joke even made by by a Jewish comedian. It's kind of audience would be, they would feel uncomfortable. It's kind of, ah, you can talk about Hitler, joke about Hitler, about the war, everything. But it, when it's going to the Holocaust and, and the Jews, it's kind of, oh, he mentioned Jewish people. We, we, we cannot joke about the topic. And Jewish comedians say, yeah, we should joke about the topic because then we get kind of normal together. We have to. Because, you know, I'm post-post-war generation. It's not, um, I wasn't there. By the way, I feel that I, I I totally agree with you. I want to ask you another question, but not about the German thing. What's it like to be famous? Like like you walk down the street, everybody recognizes you. Like famous, famous, right? What is it like then to walk into a place where you're not famous at all? Where no, where you where you after getting used to that, you know, cachet and and just kind of like the way the world kind of shifts because yeah, of your fame. Yeah, that's fascinating to what me is it like? too. Like, yeah, because yeah. I'm like that nobody. in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk down the street. So America is my jersey. That's great. <laughs> What's it like? Annoying, right? No, it's not annoying. It'd be great to have that uh, flexibility. Yeah, no, the thing is, I, I never thought about the famous thing because I, I walk around like I walk around. People would know me, a lot of people, but I don't think about it because for me it's always about the core. The core is stand-up comedy. I do it for over 30 years Where do you years get now. the most booty? In Munich or Stuttgart? It's, it's all of Germany, Austria, Switzerland. It's my three so, countries. So, so what you're saying is you just think the service is, is weaker and slower in America? In the, at a restaurant and the tables are crappier? Yeah, like, like, of course, like, if you sit down at a table in Germany, they, they hop to it, right? The service here is great. Much more, much more greater than... Well, we have tip, they don't, I don't think they have tipping in Germany. Is that correct? Restaurants don't have tips mostly in Europe. Yeah, because they get like a fixed... They get a fixed salary, but uh, they have no motivation. <laughs> To do, right? Because they're getting, tipping they, is, is... They could give 
uh, could get tips, and um, but a lot, a lot of them are not motivated. Like in Berlin, it's not like you. Yeah, what you, what you want to order. All right, Emmy. Well, we, we, we have Jessica. We were talking about Vegas. Noam doesn't want to talk about it, but why? But, it was but I do want to get Jessica's I perspective. I'm going tomorrow. You got to oh tell us stuff. Ha- Emmy's going I had tomorrow. The best. I didn't want to leave. To be honest with you, I had the best but don't, time. But d- d- dial it down a little bit. So no, that, because why? now I'm going to say, you know, we don't have to pay these comics that much. No, they he's love it. not. Shut up. I know he has a point. It was a blast. <laughs> no, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. It's like a comedy camp. It's it's um. I had uh, the best time with the other comics. I have not laughed that hard, and I'm not kidding. Like a really long time. So besides just doing the shows, which were incredible, we all hung out and had a blast and. You know, normally with a couple of people you may not know or you know a little bit, but you know we're like well, family who here. Who was out so there? Uh, uh, I was there with oh, Kyle Mark, Dunnigan. Mark Cohen, Kyle Dunnigan, Mo at Mo Amir, and um, and Nathan McIntosh. And Rick Chrome came too. And Rick Chrome, and we that- all had such a great time. And the cl- the room is beautiful. Anyone that's listening to this needs to check it out and tell everyone you know. It is a really beautiful room, the way it's set up. Am I right that when you walked on stage, you felt like you'd been on stage? I completely felt like I was on stage, and I didn't hold back, which was the most incredible thing, because I felt like I was doing a New York comedy show, even though some of them were... You know, Vegas people a little more conservative than you would get here. It there were not even any Jews. Remember, Mark Cohen did a Sheket Bavaka. I think so. I was I the only one it. Said, you I, and I both yeah, said yeah, yeah. it. Mark but was doing the door there, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emmy, um, who, who are you going out there with? Who's on your show? I saw uh, Emma Willman. I think Greer Barnes, Greer Barnes is going. Remind me who. There's and then, a there's, of and then uh, Voss is coming for a few days. That's, that's right. And then you have Mark Cohen, who's hosting. You're going to have so much fun. By the way, I was supposed to do. Uh, an episode. We were gonna. We were talking about doing an episode of the podcast. Yeah, but you were so. You were such a bitch about it. I just. I just How was gave I up bi- on it. Oh my god. No, I just said. I just oh. need to confirmation that I'll get uh, hotel yeah, room Dan, and the, an airfare. The tone in your text and the the manner. Well, because it was literally the so di- off putting. The day yeah. before, I still hadn't had confirmation. There's, I needed to know. There's just no need for that kind of attitude. There was no attitude. I simply said. Uh, don't, don't, next week I'll read the text out loud. The Ted was. <laughs> Uh, I need to know I'm in Cabo but if you want me to come to Vegas I'm happy to come I just need to know yeah, that. it's got to be a buy it and that's the way it is I don't think I said it's got to be a buy it and that's the way it is but since I was coming from Cabo I, I, wanna... I thought it would be kind of complicated for you to Dan and I have been working together like for years we know each other like 15, 20 you think you might pick up but hey you know blah, blah. no it's like it's like. no thinking... I also know you get very distracted and sometimes I need to be a little bit uh, aggressive to get to get because I, I did need to know if I was in Cabo whether I had to go can back I to New York the story or to go to Vegas. Vegas. Go ahead, Jessica, because go ahead. this can go on and on. This is like a whole thing like my family. <laughs> so when and, I, and said, you, you never you said, appreciated I said, but I said, it's like, no, you know I love you. But anyway, the food is incredible also. it's I have to say that because it's really good there. Oh, the food it, at the club. Yeah, I haven't eaten great. any of it yet. No, we all loved it. And, um, and the shows were incredible. And also, there was something else I want to say. Oh, the, the, so many people knew of the Comedy Cellar and came because because of it. Like, I love that from all over the country. There we had a party of six from, from Oregon who listened were, to this show came all the what? way. Guess what? Did you know that the host of Iceland's Got Talent was there and wants to book me in Iceland, but he was at the show and freaked out? He, he came because he comes here all the time. Does the club get a the, piece of that? No, no, go I know, I'll give you guys <laughs> a little commission. <laughs> I'll give you ice. Um, now, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was. So, it, there were a lot of people there that come here all the time and happen to be in Vegas or came from other places to go for the opening. It was really great. Can I great. tell you how nervous Noam was that this was all going to fall apart? And now, of course. And now I think he still has some hesitation, but I think it's fair well, to it's say... it's a huge deal. I think huge. it's fair to say his attitude is, if not 180 degrees... Uh, say 90 degrees. And Jay. then I want to say the night that we opened, Noam got on the piano and there were some band members there that came for the opening and we all sat around the piano and sang... That's and so it was nice. really that beautiful. Was really fun, yeah, right? it was, yeah, it was such fun. a lesbian thing. But it was really, <laughs> it was really was. beautiful. And and Amina was hot. Well, she's beyond hot. Yeah, she uh, is. Michael, yeah. Uh, have you been to Las Vegas? It's a think um, think Hamburg with with uh, with gambling. I I know Las Vegas how it looks and stuff, but and and Siegfried and Roy, yeah. <laughs> oh, you should go there. You would have so much fun. I would it's love great. to go there. I think they would, they would, they would love my my. my they would. Oh, anytime you want to come, you can come to the Comedy Cellar Vegas. Anytime yeah. at all. It Thank was you. great. Let me know the dates. You all heard it, so it's great. No, it'll be silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, can we talk about Emmy? Emmy is actually, here we are, we're talking about stuff. Oh. Emmy has got a pulse on the finger of, of the, the zeitgeist of America with this uh, president show. <laughs> and she's a head writer, which means you're actually... 
very political. I, I guess you yeah. hate Trump, don't you? I mean, I yeah. I mean, do you? What, what's <laughs> no, the I other answer? No, I don't hate him. I hate him. I don't hate him. I'm, I, yeah. I'm not a fan, but uh, I, I try not to hate. But well, if you had to defend him, like what's the? If there's one, nobody can be 100 percent wrong, right? Yeah. Is there anything, any common ground you find with this man? Yeah, I think we both uh, suffer from a mental fog, and <laughs> no, <that's> not- <laughs> <laughs> we're both bipolar. <laughs> Cognitive, cognitive decline. I think we both hated our mothers. Yeah, and, for no, sure. This dude's got. I mean, that's been writing the show. You have to. We're writing for Trump, like the Trump impersonator. So it's getting into his head to come up with what he should say. And the key for all of that is empathizing with him rather than just hating him. So it's all about like, oh, what are his mommy and daddy issues, and like, uh, like, you know, what what um. What kind of psychological pain is he in? Well, I would think it would be so interesting. If you could really find that you were sympathetic to him on one issue, if you could write one episode that just blew everybody's mind because in the end you had to be sympathetic to Trump. Is that, is that a crazy idea? No, it's not. I think here's one thing that I... I'm, I'm All the little... family used to do that from time to time. You know, you'd feel really bad for Archie. Maybe there's a, a Trump episode there somehow. Yeah, no, I do think it's probably about his mental decline. <laughs> no, that's and, not the kind of thing. I'm but, gonna, you know, I mean, like, we actually think he's right about something. Uh, well, for instance, we talked about Obama, for all his good, he kind of punted on Syria. Yes, Drew that's a red true. line, you know, you know and, and really blew it, right? Yeah. And Trump, he's here's actually standing up for, uh, for for humanity in a way. Yeah, I think the key uh, with isn't them, there, isn't there some, something to say to give the devil his due there? Yes, I think one thing is, it seems like once Trump sees a picture of the damage, then he can sympathize with yeah, them. Yeah, like that's, he needs that's to all see, human beings. Don't, yes. don't put that just on Trump. That's no, no. all of us. I mean, I expect you expect more from a president than needing to see pictures to believe that something's happening. This is a happening. very human being. I saw Saddam Hussein when they ripped him out of that spider hole. And I'm like, oh, why, why are they being so rough with him? It's, <laughs> it's very difficult. When and I saw some Holocaust footage recently that was colorized. As opposed to being like the grainy black and white they're used to. Yeah. Like, oh my God. When, I know. when you see yeah. it as if it's happening now. I did see that too. So we're very visceral when it comes to things we see. You're right you know? that all we are all visceral that way. But like we also have a president who doesn't and possibly can't read, which I think that's makes not it, true. We saw him read his read. speech at the convention. Come on. You saw him no, have a note in his text. hand that says, I, "What was that?" He skipped his script. He's yeah. always, ah, I don't no, need no, no. He, he, he said, "This he, is boring." He can He's see this is why this is where you guys lose your mind. He can read, okay? He just doesn't like to. <laughs> he maybe doesn't like to. Neither does, neither does Dan, but no, he can read. No, that's not true. That's I it. actually read quite a bit. I, uh, I, just, I only typically read in French. Yeah. So that if you give me something English to read, I probably won't read it. As a matter of fact, I've heard that in The Apprentice, he was reading uh, off the teleprompter quite often. But of course he can read. I think he can do teleprompter. He went right? to Wharton. Did he forget how to read? Did he actually get well, through Wharton without reading? Well, I don't think he can't read. He's not interested in reading. That's he's not. Is. You mean he's not interested he doesn't in doesn't like Reading is the wrong read. word. He's not interested in educating learning. himself about learning. Right. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. a yeah. horrible thing right, for the, a leader of a country yes. to not want to learn. That's the most important thing. It's actually more serious charge. our last hope now, so... It's funny because it, wasn't it in, on Newsweek the title "The Last Hope of the Free World" and Angela Merkel on it? I was like, "Fucking hell!" He <laughs> have fought there so many years, and now I have to say, "Yes, yes." But so now you you like Angela Merkel? Or you're still anti? It, it, it's no, it's 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 part part. You know, I I I I don't like some politics politics of her at home, like in Germany, but she's doing pretty well in Europe. She she's she's pretty. I don't know. She's pretty honest in that whole Europe thing, and and what I liked also with Donald Trump, she didn't get kind of, oh my God, uh, oh he's so bad, and I have to. No, she was just calm, and yeah. she she listened to him, and I think that's the way because because if you if you just always try to fight him, nothing comes out because this guy is like you cannot fight a guy who is always fighting more than you. It's like in your youth, there was always a guy. You, you, you used your fist, he used his knife. You use your knife, he's, he's using his gun. So it's kind of, they, you cannot compete. Well, I, mean, I, was, I, I, I want to bring up our next guest, but, but I want to tell you, I, I fear that, first of all, I think the American system is working very, very well. The checks and balances are working very, very well. Donald Trump has not been able to, even, you know, they talk about it's so important for the Democrats to take back Congress. Even with all the Republican Congress, they can barely get anything done. Yeah. Um, in, in foreign policy is where we have the risk because of his uh, uh, the, the authorities that he has in terms of the military. And ironically, I believe the biggest threat 
to, uh, or, or the biggest cause, I don't know how to put it, the thing that's going on that we really have to worry about whether the cause, whether the cure is worse than the disease, is this whole Mueller investigation. Because presidents, when they're under that kind of pressure and scrutiny, that's when they tend to try to take our eye off the ball. It's already happening. Right. right. Yeah. So, so, so I'm saying like with Clinton, they talked about Clinton bombing um, Sudan mm. because Monica Lewinsky had. And then we had a guest one time who talked about uh, Clinton took his eye off bin Laden because he was taken up with, with the, uh, this other scandals. And now you have this guy, this thin skinned ego. He's a under big baby. Just like yeah. constant thing. And now they're rating. And, and he has to run the country. He, he is our only president. And I'm always thinking. Unless they have evidence of something like he's a real traitor, like Russia's with him, this should all wait. This guy, it is not, I don't see any benefit to having a president being it's not, harangued. It's, it's actually going to be sped and, up every listen, day. And I felt yeah. the same way about Bill Clinton. I said, why are they suing him for sexual harassment while he's in office? Wait till he gets out of office. He needs to run the country. Yeah, I, I understand, so... but it's just, it's all going down now. Well, wait till, wait till he bombs somebody. And it'll still keep going down and he'll be bombing people. It's crazy. It's no, all yeah. gonna be... I'm saying if he bombs somebody to, take our, to try to distract from this, yeah. we all have to ask ourselves the question, this was predictable. Was it worth it? Why, why did we do this? Why, mm. I mean, obviously, if he's in bed with Russia and we can't trust him to make a, a yeah. pro we have to know about that. But if Especially if we're going to war when Russia's involved. Right, yeah. right. But if he had some financial irregularity with a porn star who didn't, I mean, I, I don't care about this stuff Irregularity now. is such a kind term for that, though. I mean, this dude, he had, I It has think nothing to do with running the country. Are we, I mean, it does have to do with dishonesty and who he is as a human and yes, not trusting he's not him. But we're not, he's law. not going to get impeached for it. It's we're just but get, no, we're just but getting it's our it's, we're just getting our rocks plus, off it's, on it's it. It's beyond it. It's about campaign. It's about like, what is the plus to the nation? He is our pilot. You want you want to now start haranguing the pilot, but he can take us down. What what if if our pilot is drunk? We need to find him out and get it. Find out and get him out of there. Yeah. If our pilot's an asshole, if our pilot did something in his last flight, which was real, no, we he's we're in the air now. But it has to but do you know, with Russia what, and campaign, all of that Russia, stuff. I get and it. he is but a drunk asshole by your metaphor. Yeah, so, but the Stormy Daniels thing and many of the other things they're looking into, I don't see why. Well, it I'll can't tell wait. you what happened with the accident. Unless Hollywood you think it was thing. right to go after Whitewater uh, and Monica Lewinsky the too, next which I didn't day, think. The next day after the Access Hollywood thing or that, I don't remember what it was the Podesta emails came out that's yeah. what they're investigating yeah. is what happened Wh oh, who's involved on, such a non-issue the, the Podesta emails what was in the Podesta emails they, they warned Podesta you need to use two-step verification he ignored it and his password was password yeah this I mean, is that's the, this, the, silly the, this, the, the Russian to... hacking machine actually figured out that his password was password I, and we're gonna the nation is I now paralyzed I just want paralyzed. to check in, check in very quickly with yeah. Mike Mittermeier uh, he hasn't been vocal, nor have I. Uh, but I'm wondering if, if, if you're having a difficulty with the uh, comprehension because we're speaking fast, or you just have nothing to add at this time. I understand everything. It's, 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 a, it's a very nice discussion. You know, you said your checks and balances is working quite well. What I miss here, when I look as a European to America, you have these two parties that are just there because they are there. There is not no reason anymore for just two parties being there. Mm -hmm. And you have one big problem. You don't have any opposition leader. Because in Germany, there is the guy from the, from the Socialist Party. He's the guy facing Angela Merkel. And she's saying some, some really bad stuff. He's facing her. He's on the news and saying stuff. You have no one. No one. And that's a big problem because he can say everything he wants to. He's insulting people, lying. He's doing fake news. You know, saying to the Washington Post, it's just a crap faking fucking use. That's really horrible. So for me, and there is no guy on TV, on radio, having the aura, I don't know, whatever, the charisma, being on eye level with Donald Trump. And that's your problem in America because, and all the guys, the hide now. Oh, I'm gonna run for president in two years. I hide for the next two years under stone because otherwise I'm done in one year. Fucking cowards, what's going on? Are you politicians or what? We have a different system. We don't have the better system, but you have to change this system. Because well, for, three, for three, <laughs> yeah, but for three years. Well, you better change it or he's going to make a change. <laughs> yeah, and for three years, there is no one on eye level speaking out against Donald Trump. It's not That's so bad. Ridiculous. Will you lead our opposition party? No. We do need one. <laughs> No, well, you got to get no, rid of Nancy Pelosi. You, Should I do a you German one? You don't yeah. think he's? You, you just said he's not so bad. You don't think he's? Uh, no, I think he's detestable as a human. I think that the country's nothing terrible is. I'm worried. I'm worried about him in the military. 
I'm not very worried about the domestic consequences because nothing's happening. And I'm, I'm he's worried not, about listen, things that are getting passed. Wait, as, this guy as came all the way up from DC. Nothing's by getting the way. passed, and it'd be much worse. Uh, look, listen. It's going to be much worse with President Pence. I, he's I understand. A, he's I a agree. true believer. Like, if you're worried yeah. about right-wing social, you're right. then Pence is the guy. Cause, I mean, you, but you can figure out what Pence would want to know because he has an agenda. Can, he's a right-wing guy. Right, he doesn't sway. At least and, he has but a... Donald Trump, you never will know. Yeah, but Trump doesn't want to cut guy. social programs. Trump doesn't want... I mean, yes, some, he does. No, he doesn't. He ran on saying, I'm not going to touch Social Security. I'm not, he, he doesn't... He's, a, he's, he's incompetent. And he's uh, he's he is detestable, yeah. but I don't think he's. Listen, it's not just my opinion. The, until this trade war thing, the the economic uh, uh, confidence has never been higher. The country is feeling pretty good about itself, meaning that they kind of discounted any real damage the guy could do. They just don't like him. It's it's embarrassing to us. It's humiliating yeah. to have a president saying these things when he misspells. I cringe when he's. I mean, all the, I feel all these things. I'm human. I'm just saying, in, if I put it in perspective. I'm just not that worried about it. I, I am worried about what he can do on the international stage. That's a big worry of mine, and I'm worried about how all this constant investigating might lead him to do things he might not otherwise do. Mitzi Shaw. And that's that's okay. <laughs> now, now who's 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 you guys said you're staggering. Who's who, we staggering? Mr. Zohar. Well, who's supposed to who's? I well we had we don't, I'm not in charge of the stagger. Oh, Steven, I'm not in charge Steven. of the stagger. Oh, I'll so, give him my headphones. So, uh, here, yeah. here. Why don't you, you come sit next to me, Jessica, and you can chime in with me. Yeah, We've never sat here, close right? to me. Come here, Jessica. Yeah, come we, we I, I do want to. I do. Okay. We have yeah, to. Yeah. There was a big loss in the comedy world. I didn't know her, but Mitzi Shore apparently no, died. No, you got to sit with Jessica. Um, oh, you yesterday or today, she was the owner of the comedy store, which was the only club, even close, I think, to the comedy cellar in terms of its importance. I don't know if anybody. Uh, new Mitzi, uh, uh, but I, I, say, I think I've for, for, in terms of his, it, it's more important than us for many years, right? Probably for some some amount of years, yes. I, I don't think she's been well the past few years, but um, and I don't know how how much involved she was in the day to day of the club at this point. But obviously, she's. I don't know if did anybody ever meet. I never met with the woman, Missy Shore. Mitzi, no, okay. Mitzi. Oh, that's, that's a really heartfelt uh, <laughs> tribute to Missy Shore you did well, there. Well, I thought somebody apparently died. I don't know her. <laughs> did you prepare all day for that? No, I don't know. I, I know. I've been seeing all of my Facebook feed. R.I.P. Mitzi Shore. <laughs> I get it. But and, I mean, and, and when you go know him, I hope you get half of the, the, uh, the Facebook traction. Yeah, I hope I get, I hope I get some comedian somewhere in L.A. Oh, this guy, I, I don't. Did you know? No, okay. All right. Anyway, I, I want to say I went to the comedy store uh, a few years ago with SC, and I was very, very impressed. It was the only other club I'd ever been to where I felt, oh, this is this is a real this is the real thing. And um, to the extent that she was responsible for that, I uh, think that she deserves the praise that that she's gotten. I don't know her at all. Uh, well, of course, she's Polly Shore's mother. You know who Polly Shore is. Yeah, and, I know Polly Shore. And Sino Man and other. Uh, and, and yeah, I will uh, say this. I saw on some documentary recently, who was it, where somebody was saying that uh, um, Mitzi Shore told them, oh, you're, you're, oh, it was the Gary Shandling thing. He said that Mitzi Shore told me I was a writer, not a performer. And I did think to myself, what is with these club owners that think just because they own the club, they can start giving out their half-assed advice? I've been telling you the, that for years to, now. I, I, I never do that. <laughs> oh, you do it all the time. Well, you don't do it all the time, no, but never, you, 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 have, you have told me that I need to be more real on stage. No, no, I have not told you that you need to be more real on stage. And you I, also what, have what this. What I told you was, but we'll leave you aside. I would never go up to somebody and and start telling them you're something negative. You're this. You're not a that. And, and whatever. No, I mean, you don't I, do that. What I've said to you because I love you is that I've seen you off stage say things that I and and go down a line that I thought was absolutely engaging and say, Dan, you know, if you did this on stage, I would really enjoy that. But Have you thought about that? That's not the same thing. No, but then I, I told you, know, Dan, you you're, that it's... You're never going to make it as a performer well, stick no, to writing. No, but never. then... Well, all right, I don't no. want to get too yeah, too yeah. into that because uh, Mr. So, you're, you're argumentative. Okay. Mr. Zoab came all the way from D.C., I believe. Yes, that's On the correct. Amtrak. I don't know if you were in now, the... Now, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Suave, but I'm not super particular. No, so I, no. I, that's Suave I like. Suave is, I thought it was Suave. Robbie Suave is an associate editor at Reason Magazine. Now, Reason Magazine, just because it's called Reason Magazine, gets a certain credibility that I don't know if it deserves. But, is you know. it Reason like the candy bar? 
or <laughs> it's reason like the philosophical concept from the Enlightenment. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. I really yeah. thought you were going to be German also. I guess listeners can't see, but I'm he, sitting he between was, two blonde men, and I don't trust either of them. Well, Zoop, what kind of a name? <laughs> Thank you very much. It's, it's, in our, it's in our blood. We can't help what it. What kind of a name is Zoop? Wait, he, he's Carl, let me finish. He's currently writing a book about youth activism in the age of Trump. He is the author of the article, Trump Won Because People Were Sick of Political Correctness. And I think, now give right. us a, give us the thumbnail sketch of that argument. I mean, I've been watching uh, on college campuses, particularly over the last couple of years, uh, a lot of political correctness, a lot of people p being punished for having said the wrong thing, even if they meant it in a well-intentioned way. And I get, I talk to people in Michigan, where I'm from, uh, the Trump voters, the people who voted for Obama twice and then voted for Trump. And it sure sounds to me like the political correctness had something to do with it. They say we're, we're sick of, we were sick of being told that we don't know how to say, how to talk about trans people or people of color. So I just use the PC terms, but they don't know what they are. And they feel, you know, punished in the workplace or in school or that the Hollywood hates them and, and that they were lashing out in picking Trump. I, I agree with that. You know, I, I, I always said, you know, I was supporting Hillary. I didn't vote. But when, when she lost... I was kind of happy. I couldn't help it. I tried to suppress it. I was kind of happy exactly for that reason. Like, yeah. fuck this political correctness already. Like, like uh, the, uh, and, and, but it's even more than just that. Like the uh, Michael Brown, the guy who uh, got killed in, yeah. in, uh, in um, what's the city? Ferguson? In Ferguson. Right. So, you know, the Justice Department did this big investigation of him, and they exonerated Darren Wilson, the cop. And this was Eric Holder. And some even Jonathan Capehart wrote this column, "Stand Up, Don't Shoot" was a lie. I mean, this was this guy was vindicated. And Hillary brings Michael Brown's mom on stage with her at the convention as if this is you know, and I and nobody could say boo like, and and it sickened me. It's like I'm not uh, saying I'm I'm pro police brutality, but when a cop is exonerated for doing his job. You don't bring the, the guy's mom, the, the, the guy who tried to, you know, kill his mom out there, the hero. This is disgusting. And, you, and if you were to comment on it, oh, that's racist. You yeah. Can, you can't you and I, shut up and take it. Yeah, and I, you know, I support criminal justice reform. I think a lot of police departments are doing things wrong. So, I, you know, I'm someone who's, of course who's they definitely are. agrees I've on this it. message. But it's the, happened to me, actually. The activists have been, have been nuts on this issue, Black Lives Matter. Unfortunately, I think they've set the cause back. Really, they have. I wish they hadn't. But I think uh, uh, more people are, are distrustful of yeah, their but message. Now you're off the subject, of but, but the subject is you can't talk about it. Right. You, like Andrew Sullivan had some columns about the, the statistics. Did I you know see Andrew Sullivan. Yeah. I, yeah. And he got away with it for some reason. But in general, you have to. It, it, they, they shut you down by calling you a racist, calling you a bigot, calling you transphobic, whatever it is. And you and it's it's terrible. Here, this guy Kevin Williamson got fired now yep. from Atlantic. Why do they fire him? What, why can't they have a guy on there writing who they really, really disagree with, who's outrageous? What is so, what's, like, you got to pick something that he wrote 10 years or whatever it was and say, that's it. You, you once said this. You actually believe this. You, he believes that if you, if you, abortion should be handled like a homicide. Right. And he can, he can back it up. That's what he believes. That's, no, you can't, now you, you can't work for us anymore. What, what is going on? I mean, it's just going to cause people who share that opinion to just distrust the media even more than they already do and lash out in even scarier ways and, you know, get into, they, they're just going to listen to Breitbart or they're just going to listen to Fox. And, I mean, you can't, we're not, if we're not going to have these conversations in, like, a mainstream media outlet, I mean, what's the point? I agree. The whole, that we, we are losing the cultural uh, appreciation for the idea of free speech. It's gone. You not in the workplace. You you give the, you say the wrong thing on Facebook. You get fired. You write an article. Write a letter to Google that you think that um, men are being discriminated right. against. Whatever it is, opinions that people can back up with reasons and arguments, which can be refuted. And it's only on one side that you get fired. I never heard of anybody getting fired for any liberal belief. You can. You're not going to get fired for saying I think it's fine to abort a fetus in the ninth month. Right. You're not going to get fired for that. I talk to young people, and they say this is a good thing, right? They say that speech that makes them uncomfortable, that, that it should be, is the same as violence and should be, it should be punished by social stigma, if not by explicit government power. And it scares the hell out of me. And as comedians, even though you're, you're quite liberal, you, you, should, you should agree with me. I mean, I don't think anybody should be, like... I don't think the government should be getting involved with free speech stuff, but like, yeah, if you say something bad, there are consequences. Why? Like, Why should there be consequences? I mean, it's just that's part is of a, free speech. Okay. This is my thing, and you, this is—I I was thinking about this. It's very close to a th 
punishment for thoughts. Because what we're saying is, let me ask you this. If we could detect that you thought these things, would we fire you then? Are we firing you just because you let it slip out what you think? Well, like companies you, you follow my that point? Fi- I do follow your like point. Like he, he thinks people should uh, be fired for abortion. What if I what if I read went through his papers and I found out that he felt that way? Should they and they find out at the Atlantic? Should they fire it then, or is he just get is he being fired really for saying out loud what he thinks? And how different is that from saying you shouldn't if you think that way you shouldn't be able to work for us and we need to find out what you think. It's, to me, I, I, that's the way I feel about it. You follow me? I think so. Like, if you find out he's a Nazi, yeah, it doesn't matter how, we, how that information gets to us, we, we want we him out. I agree with that. Or, well, or, or KKK member. Now we act like everyone who disagrees with us is a Nazi. No, but I mean, I mean, hear my point. Like, if, if I find out that a guy is a KKK sympathizer, however I find it out, even if he didn't write about it, I'm like, you know, we should probably get, you know, that's, we, don't want, we, don't, we don't need that on the Atlantic. But this is not that. This is... This is, we just found out what you think, and I'm saying I don't understand the difference between that and saying we should try to find out what everybody thinks, and let's rid ourselves of the people who think certain things. But, I mean, it's, it's also like this is, it's if you are the one running the company, you choose which people you want around you. It's not like... Yeah, but these, yes, that you do, but it shouldn't be that way. When I, when I was in uh, college, I went to see, like, Mayor Kahani and Noam Chomsky both speak at the university. And it was the same time that they were letting the KKK march in Skokie, even though that's a different planet. You know, you don't hear those kind of lectures. Now Ben Shapiro, who is anodyne compared to any of these guys, they had to spend $800,000 just to protect him while he's speaking. And he's just like a mainstream conservative dude. He's not even saying anything, you know? Is anodyne a word that you, you, you learned in, in your uh, first semester English class? You know, like he's it's vanilla. A, it's a you know? toothpaste if your gums hurt. That's I'm, 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 I'm listening very carefully. You know, in Germany, we, all have, we also have this political correctness. It's very... Everybody is talking about. I think if it's overdone, yeah, I, I, I give you, I give you right. Then it's it's too much. But we have to have kind of a correctness. I would say human correctness, kind of, and that's gone. Who gets to judge that? Um, no, well, you know, if, if 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 someone is just insulting people and it's just lies that you can really prove, like if that's tr- different. Uh, yeah, yes, I agree yeah, with that. That's what I say. Or like, and how much damage does it do to a workplace if you have someone who's like I an? I don't open agree with that. It, you, would you like to have like a Nazi comedian around with all your like Jewish comedians <laughs> in the? I mean, you know what I mean? It's like I, honestly, I wouldn't. Care. I don't mean my. Honestly, okay. I swear to God, <laughs> I, no, no. See honestly, you, see you in the fourth Reich. Listen, yeah. let me tell you something. I wouldn't care, and I'd be happy to have. I, I swear to God, I wouldn't care. I would find it interesting. I, if the audience didn't like him, then I would care. But what he's saying is that if you can't back it up with the uh, you know, like peer review, if you can't make the logical arguments, if you're a fraud, mm. then we have the right to get rid of you. And I'm saying. It's not based on what you think. It's on your on, on on the fact that you're a fraud. But if you feel if you feel that eugenics is correct, and you want to lay out the argument, I don't think you should get fired for that. No, I it's think it a, depends on a, how much harm or damage it does to the but, people but around this is, you. But this it's feeds like, on itself. This feed, people are getting outraged to real tears now about things which 20 years ago they would have let roll off their back because it it people are primed to react now. They're primed to. To be outraged, they love outrage. It's it's, it's intoxicating to be outraged. I, I believe it. It's an, I, I had a word for it. Yes, an indignagasm. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's pretty I, good. I don't know this word. So well, because um, no one made the word up. It's a combination of indignant, like you know, outrage, self out, and yeah. orgasm. I'm saying it feels so good to be indignant. So they look for it. You know, okay. is, is, is on the comedy stage in Germany. By the way, a lot of American politics going on. I assume comedians in Germany will talk about. Trump and uh, these sorts of things. Yes, you always have to know that we in Germany we have like um, we have a very strong satire scene. Like from from '45 on, we didn't call it stand-up comedy. That, that's our, I would say in quotation marks, problem in Germany. Our comedy scene was not like yours, like comedy clubs which just do stuff about women, dogs, and then we do politics. It was really separated. We had the, the political comedians. And for many, many years, like up to, you would say, to the 80s, 90s, because my, my generation, the 90s, some people say we were the first ones doing real stand-up comedy, like the American comedians or the English comedians. And, and so it's, it's different. We have a lot of political satire going on. Too much sometimes because, you know, if I hear like 20 minutes about Donald Trump, it, it, there's nothing funny anymore. I, my, my last joke I did on stage was I don't talk 
about Trump anymore because you have, on some point in your life, you have to really worship the comedian who is better than you. So just <laughs> shut the fuck up. And, 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 and because it doesn't lead to nowhere. You can talk about 20 minutes about it. But, it's, uh, but a lot of comedians do it in Germany. So it's, um, but it's, it's kind of a separated scene, a political scene and, and a so-called just comedy scene. Can, can I make the point? Like the, years ago, when like Lenny Bruce and various Smothers Brothers were getting, uh, uh, they tried to censor them. The outrage that they were creating and the, 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 the genuine um, expressions of being offended were no less genuine than the people who are offended today. And you cannot measure it by whether somebody's offended. That's, that's like, that is the mistake to make. You have, you have to let people say whatever they want, and you, can, in, in, you can measure it, and even this is risky. That's why in science all experiments are double-blind, because you try to separate. But you can measure it, I think, with some credibility that the arguments are factually incorrect, that you're using bogus statistics, whatever it is. But uh, any, any opinion, any opinion which can be defended with logic, logically and truthfully, I think should be fair game, period, on any magazine. That's the way I feel about it. It doesn't matter what it is. And if you can, and if you can expose how wrong it is, that's a way better way of suppressing it. Yeah. It's, I mean, no one's saying, like, don't express your opinions or whatever. Just yeah. accept that there are consequences. No, no. Well, but some well, people are also thing. saying, you, that, like, don't express, like, you should not be allowed to express your opinion. I mean, I've, I've been watching this on college campuses. I've been watching sort of mainstream people that the students happen to disagree with. They're invited by some students to speak. They go to speak, and then other students, like, literally shout them down or attack them, so they have to run screaming from the room. Uh, just it's because nuts. they not because they said a Nazi thing, but because they said like a mainstream Republican kind of thing. Do you know how scared anybody was around here to say anything about Louis C.K. that might have been like I it, I think there might be a little overreaction. I, people would come in, famous people, and they I'd said and I'd, and I'd say to them, "What do you think about the Louis C.K. thing?" And like, I don't know. What do you think about the Louis C.K. thing? <laughs> like nobody would go no and say anything until I mean, and and the and you know the and the Gulf between what people say privately at the table about these things and what they feel they can actually utter out loud is enormous. What, what people are saying in, in, uh, in public is a bullshit, whitewashed version that they are saying because they feel it's safe, with no nuance and, and not risking any kind of honesty about, you know, on the other hand, maybe this, or I'd like to know, I kind of like to know why the girls didn't say no. Like, you can't ask any questions, right? This is, this is what you get from that, as opposed to a culture which says, no, no, I may not like it, but, I, yeah, okay, let him say what he wants. Just let him say what he wants. And if you don't like it, let me tell you why I think I don't like it, period. No firing, censoring, boycotting. But none of that happened. This is what happened like, to Bill Maher, too. That's why he got fired from Politically Correct, and he shouldn't have been he's fired. He's still hosting his show. No, he got fired from ABC because oh, oh. he made that joke. He said that. That about like, Bin Laden being uh, the the 9/11 hijackers being fearless, and he's like, I don't think they're. I'm sorry, cowards. He's like, I don't think they're cowards. It's not cowardly to to give your life, you know. And they fired him. If, but that's like one company's choice, and he still has a very good career and a still, good show. He's since well, in show, a new look, show. in show business, you have to worry about the effect it will have on your audience, and if they felt that this joke that he made would it's result a, in a well and a reduced audience and a first, business decision no, was made. No, it's not a business decision. It's, it's a, it's, well, yeah, but it's a result of the culture. If our culture had a little more hardiness to it, if we were raised to be a little bit more, except okay. like, let it roll. But okay, you, you're really offended. Okay, you're offended. But you so, cannot take like a broadcasting company for like the B country. In this country, everywhere there is boycott if you say this and that. Because it's it, it's in every country. You, you're in, on a broadcast on a channel, and you say something they don't like. They but it didn't used to be like it. that here. And it's incrementally getting worse and worse and worse. With this boycott thing, especially now with the ease, the the, the economics now of organizing movements and boycotts, and it, with Twitter and all that, it's so, it's so easy for people to pull the levers on these things. I don't say They're looking for victims. I don't say it's it's right, but. There is a strong wind blowing from the right side. Winds of so change, as Klaus Mine would say. Yeah, the wind of change. <laughs> I don't can whistle. So well, can you whistle? Can. So. And now I, I sing a David Hasselhoff song and we all are happy. Listen to the winds of change. 
You know what? When when Trump is really building the wall, we yeah. call David Hasselhoff because he tear it down in Germany. He will down. What's so terrible about the, yeah. the wall? I still don't understand what's so terrible about the wall. Somebody tell me which wall? The wall that Trump wants to build. I'm not saying it, I'm for the wall, I but why are people going nuts about it? We're what's talking, so talking about the Berlin about Wall, I think. Oh, you're talking about Berlin Wall. No, you weren't. You say about Trump and the wall too? Yes. Oh, Hasselhoff tore yeah. down the yeah. Berlin Wall. But can you tell me what's so bad about the wall? It's just not doable. It's cost so much money, and right that now it costs a lot of money. I, it's I like completely agree. By the way, <laughs> it's like a, it's an unfeasible idea. How do you know? Because the because Emmy studied wall uh, engineering. <laughs> I am a wall. It's scholar. a government. It's a government public works project. And I come from so Germany. I come from Germany. We know about wall. The man knows wall. a different wall. That, <laughs> that wall was to keep people in. This is this is a wall to keep people out. But that wall was effective in 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 its uh, in its people uh, keeping are losing people their in. minds about this wall. Don't forget that that Hillary had supported a wall at one time. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm not. I, I, I don't know if a wall would work or not. Some of it would come out of your taxes. It's just. I mean. Do you know how much if you start making a list of the 20 what is it 25 billion dollars that should are more, more most concerning i don't think but this doesn't, securing doesn't the border make the wall better it, 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 i agree with her because it's just a lot of money just for nothing okay what if i told you it, it was, what if i told you and it's a lie that it's working because what if we did it go fund let, let me ask you what yeah, if no. i told you it was 25 billion dollars for an invisible high-tech system that would secure the border. Same amount of money. Would, you, if, would you support it? I'll do it for one or two, but not for what if we, so, so you're saying 25 doing straight bargaining. So you're saying $25 billion is not uh, worth have, securing the border. We have way bigger problems than the border that deserve the money What first. if we could raise all the money on GoFundMe? So, it didn't cost you a dime. So this is all about... Well, who would okay, it, anyway, where, wait, wait, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> now, what if I told you we could secure the border, invisible, low-tech, for $1 billion? Would you still be against it? Admit it. You're, you don't want to secure the border. Oh, no. Wasn't, wasn't Mexico supposed to pay for this? No, no. That's let's be serious. That, was, that I'm was the pitch you for see, the wall. Let's not forget. Don't change the subject. I'm asking you. <laughs> We're still on the wall. Your, are you against securing the border? Isn't that what's really going on here? I'm That's not. very Trumpish what you do now. That is so Trumpish. I'm asking her. The, yeah, no, he's always saying if, if, if you're against now the you're border, doing it you're too. against security. I'm asking her if she's you, against it. He caught you. He I, caught you. In, I'm asking her whether she... Yeah, that, I, whether that's what she Donald would, Trump is also doing. Well, then, so. then, then I agree with him on this. What, what, why would you want to secure the border, an invisible high-tech system for free? We have a really secure border. Like I'm for I, whatever. You, if they want to improve the, the border, you see, this great. is this is. But, I'm asking. The, I, I'm saying, and I don't. And by the way, I've heard some libertarians make the argument from open borders. Right here. And right here. And, and <laughs> I found them pretty convincing. But I'm. But that's not what we're getting at here. I'm saying. Own your position. Say out loud. Listen, I'm for open borders. I don't believe in securing the border. It's I, not, so because what I already, you've already eviscerated all that. No, it's twenty five billion dollars. No, well, that, it, that was that. What you weren't being sincere about that because I said, what if it's zero dollars? Like, no, I'm still against it. So it nothing, it, nothing, I, oh, it had nothing to do with the twenty five billion dollars. That's my point. It has to do. Then why, it's not the, just black and then white. Then why doesn't she want it for zero? No, if if you if you're not for the wall, you're not just like oh I'm against oh, security. You guys, you guys are impossible. Yeah, no, argument. he's right. It's not yeah. a one or the other. It's not you wall or no security. The subject. I didn't no. say it was. I'm, Look, if if you could improve the security of the border for free, no, yes. Just saying, who would, would you say take no? a free, would you take a free wall? Is what he's asking. I don't think we need a wall. But would you take a free wall? <laughs> Couldn't hurt. No, no. Would you take a free? Not wall? even a wall. Invisible. Because I understand that the I I that the wall is symbolically it's ugly. I, I support that. you could, inventing could we, an invisible could we give wall. Back the I hope you can do it. And exchange it for a wall. It, well, but you couldn't get a whole wall by exchanging the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, listen, if you read what a liberals, mile of wall, maybe. If you read what liberals, including Bernie Sanders, were saying about illegal immigration seven, eight years ago, you would think it came right out of Donald Trump's mouth. So much of this is automatic alignment against the partisan enemy. So when Bernie Sanders actually filibustered the immigration reform bill because he didn't want low-wage workers coming and stealing American jobs. This was Bernie Sanders. It was perfectly fine coming out of his mouth. When Trump when it comes out of Trump's mouth, he's some kind of monster. But the truth is... A he didn't intention. say the same thing. Well, no, no, there, the are same Sanders, there are Sanders people who voted for Trump, too. Yeah, yeah. I, they're, they're very Paul similar Krugman in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, I have to go, unfortunately. So, yeah, we're going to end. But I think the thing uh, is, I try to just... I try to keep my mind on what the policies are that I support and don't support. And I understand that, that the policy that I support may come out of a horrible man's mouth or a really good or the policy that I don't would have the opposite. And I shouldn't let that color me because, I, because the, if I agree with the policy, I think that's what's best for the nation. And I shouldn't 
want to secure the border when Sanders is president and not want to secure the border when Trump is president if I think securing the border is the right policy. I'm actually torn by that question, but I understand that everybody's really deciding not based on an analyzing the policy. It's the partisan. It's tribalism. It was Trump, so I'm against it. No matter, I mean, Rachel Maddow, you don't need to turn around to, no matter what Trump says, she's going to be against it, right? It doesn't matter. If it's not objectionable, then she's got nothing to work with. It's like, in terms of taking him down. If if Trump bombs Syria, I guarantee you she's going to be against it. If Trump doesn't bomb Syria, she's going to criticize him for being a coward and and not standing up against Syria. I guarantee you. Noam is trying to say is be like our friend Mike Mittermeier when (laughs) Merkel... You know, he was against Merkel for years. Then she started making sense. All of a sudden, go Merkel. And by Sean Hannity, he's no, exactly the no, same. The, I'm thing, not, the uh, thing is, if someone Sean is doing Hannity? something good. It's exactly the same. I, she, he's, he's, a, he's a fool because yeah. you don't, if you don't if need to turn it on. She's your enemy, so it's kind of... Why? But what why I'm saying not? is Merkel, some of the things you like, some of the things you don't like. He's yeah, a, he's well, a liberal. I, I, yeah, you would call me liberal. We, we, are, not, we are not using the world in, uh, this word the in Germany. It's kind of it's just left and right wing. So, but... I'm I'm also in between. I can I can um, I would say um, appreciate if someone is doing something good, and I'm not like ah it's bad because you do it because I'm against you. So it's kind of I'm not against Trump because just like everything he's saying, it, it, Trump is saying it's you know it's the intention. If the, and the thing is, Voldemort, aka Trump, will only win when we get hate in our heart. That's 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 that when he's winning. That's the thing. That's. That's the last thing. Please yeah. lead our opposition party. I'm just saying again, you've got the right but idea. I'm, I'm just offended by some of the stuff from Hillary. I really was. Okay, I have to she, definitely she, go now. Go but I'd like to say goodbye <laughs> I, to our I, dear I friend, it. Michael Mittermeier. All right, we're uh, going to wrap it up. Goodbye. Do you want to make anything else about political correctness you want to say? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh, no, but I really do think, I mean, I talked to people and they said this was a main reason they supported Trump. This was revenge for being told, oh, I said the wrong thing or I did the wrong thing. Even well-intentioned people, you know, we're talking about like Nazis and everything, but just regular folks who aren't Nazis, but maybe they think one or two things. I mean, think of your grandparents. Your grandparents think something that's not right or is problematic in some way. And there's millions of grandparents out there and they, a lot of them voted for Trump because they just felt Well, look, look upon. at this Barry Weiss. But it's a very fine line because you almost have to get, like in Germany nowadays, the Nazis, they use this. They use this, ah, yeah, po- people are against political correctness, so we just, oh, we, we put it in, in this, in this, and that. And so it's kind of, it's also a very Trumpish thing. So they learn, that the right-wing people, they learn from each other. It's kind of really interesting. It's kind of, because in Germany, even the most hardcore Nazi, for the most hardcore Nazi, Trump is just a dumb, a dumb guy. But they learn how he's doing it. And he's using all this stuff against us. So it's kind of, he's very, he's very successful in doing that. And so it's kind of, he's a successful president in splitting us up. And that's a very bad thing. Yeah, but we were pretty split during Obama too. We really were. It was pretty fucking split during Obama. Uh, Politics anyway. brings out the worst in everybody, really. We can, we're, we're united in other ways, but when it comes to deciding what the government gets to tell everyone to do, we're very divided. No, I, I think we haven't totally learned how to cope with the fast pace of information and, and the... the not, I, I wouldn't want to go back to three television networks and a 30-minute newscast, but it was calming. It was, it was a speed bump against people jumping to conclusions and, and it was a certain and middle of the road. everybody had the same information. Yeah. It was a better, it was a simpler and, 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 and the spectrum was narrower. Yeah. People can really wrap themselves and, and work themselves into a lather on any side of the spectrum now and nobody can even get in to say, no, that's not correct or not, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I think it'll work out. I'm an optimist about these things. We, we will learn to cope with the new world and I think it'll be all right. I hope. You know what? I'll tell you this. I'll say, let's, I support a wall if we can hang all the comedians' photos on it. Does that work? <laughs> Very good. All right, on that note, listen, it was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Are you performing tonight? No, uh, my last one is on is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. tomorrow. I'll yeah. come see you tomorrow. Uh, nice to meet you. Very nice meeting you. Nice to see you. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>